Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is January 8th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I'm uh, I'm hanging in there, you know? My, my 2021's off to a kind of rocky start. I've got mice have infiltrated the castle. I've been getting lots of, lots of texts, lots of particulars, but the mice are in the, uh, the fried egg HQ. It's not good. Not a good situation. <laughs> you're ch- you're setting traps. You're chasing them around. It's just I've been getting this now three day saga. You've been informing me on. Yeah, yeah. I uh, it's not been fun. Okay. I I don't like it at all, and I uh, <laughs> can't wait for it to be over. All the wildlife. In, you know, intrigue at your home with you know the violet bringing in the bunny rabbit. You got <laughs> move, mice. Move to the suburbs, they say. It'll be nice. You know. <laughs> Guess what? I didn't have to deal with this shit in the city. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, we begin. Uh, we should begin tonight with uh, the obvious uh, news of the week. It is not necessarily golf news, but it is on all of uh, American and world minds. And there's a clear golf connection. You know, they say. Stick to sports, but that's hard to do when politics enters sports. Jack Nicholas endorses Donald Trump, you know, LeBron or whoever else. Like, it, it's, it's a sports issue. Donald Trump is uh, inextric- inextricably uh, intertwined or involved in the game of golf. Um, and what happened this week, not a golf issue, but was certainly a, a low, low disgrace, dark moment for this country. Totally unaccept- uh, unacceptable unsuccessful failure um and i think there's a lot of um maybe late too late coming to jesus moments and one of those has to do with the pga of america which is signed up to have uh the pga championship their crown jewel of championships i might call the pga cup their crown jewel but the pga championship (laughs) uh, omar urasti might you know (laughs) consider the senior pga their crown jewel the PGA is at Trump Bedminster next year. There are a lot of calls for them to immediately back out. There were calls for them in 2014 when they signed up for this. Like, hey, this guy's tweeting a lot of stuff about birtherism. Maybe we shouldn't be doing this. Maybe we shouldn't be getting into bed. Um, so it seems like that ball is moving. It seems like a much more expedient decision for them to do now that they have cover of Facebook turning off Trump's account, Shopify getting out of bed. So I think it makes it easier. That doesn't mean it's, you know, that it shouldn't have been easier a few years ago or ever. Um, But that is sort of the news of the day, the pressure amping up on PGA and obviously Trump's involvement in any other level of golf properties as well. Uh, Any reaction to this? Any thoughts on what's happened? I know, you know, we've been texting about it. We're pretty down about what's happened this week. Um, and, but, but this is a golf show. We need to talk about the implications for the golf. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, what a weird day yesterday was. I, uh, 
I was just going about my day, and then all of a sudden the day stopped, and it was uh, an awful scene and an awful day, obviously, when you look at American history and kind of what a way to start 2021. But obviously, for, for golf's sake, with uh, the PGA, they've been dealt a, uh, a tough card. Granted, you know, they got themselves kind of into this. Um, yes. The person, person that signed off on this, though, is no longer there. So that's the unfortunate <laughs> thing for the people there is that uh, Pete v- Bavacqua, the <coughs> person that, you know, okayed this, the the president or, you know, the guy running the show when this happened is no longer there. He's at NBC Sports. So he gets to avoid uh, having to deal with the repercussions of this. Uh, and uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Golf... Uh, Historically, is you know, and I think in general at this point is kind of turned a blind eye to what's been going on. And obviously, I I haven't seen any statements made by players or any you know about what happened yesterday. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been pretty prevalent with almost everybody in society outside of that. And you know, to I know that it's a uh, mostly a Republican and um, right-leaning sport, but you know anybody that is a uh, an American can't believe that you know seeing the Capitol under siege is uh, is anything good. So from from my standpoint, I am not a very political person, but you know I found myself disgusted, and I'm equally disgusted by you know the lack of really anybody saying anything in in the golf space. Yep. I agree. Uh, I do think I was encouraged today. Actually, Patrick Rogers retweeted me. I shared uh, comments from uh, Damon Hack. It was not my original thoughts. Certainly all Damon Hack. Excellent words about, you know, the Presidential Medal of Freedom Awards today, showing kind of a, a golf's naivete and callousness and ignorance even and a place of comfortableness. Um, and uh, Patrick Rogers retweeted that. So I was encouraged by that. Now, again, that's that's not necessarily his own statement, but it's, I don't know, it's someone speaking. And, you know, we're, we, it's very obviously Bryson DeChambeau is uh, uh, sponsored by Trump. He's been involved with the family, I think. You know, this is not to say Bryson is, is responsible or in any way for what happened yesterday or connected to it. But I think he should be asked about it, probably, if this is your sponsor. Um. I don't think he probably will be at Maui. I think I think it's incumbent upon us as folks who cover the game. We are not credentialed. We are not there this week. But I think Bryson should be asked about that, given the given what went down like 24 hours ago. Um, but yeah, it is pretty quiet. There was a Medal of Freedom awards ceremony, which I thought was ill-timed. Maybe use FedEx to ship those down to whoever it was uh, Annika and Gary Player. Uh, Babe Diedrichson Zaharias is not around, um, but. It would be encouraging to hear from more players, more prominent people involved in the game. You mentioned Pete Vavacqua. You do a Getty search of Donald Trump in golf. It's not too kind to a lot of leaders in the golf game. A lot of people probably wish those could be scrubbed at this moment, uh, whether it's Jay Monahan and many others. Um, As it pertains to the PGA, like you said, a lot of the people who work there now... uh, you know, didn't make this decision, right? Are, but they're the ones that are going to be caught with, with the shitstorm that's coming. And it is already here, but will be coming for the next 16 months or however long it is until they have it there. And then once they have it there. 
So I think they're probably doing the calculation. Maybe, you know, that doesn't, that shouldn't be the impetus, but I, I'm sure it is whether right and wrong is a separate impetus. And then another impetus is, you know, how's this going to make our lives really hard? Right. And I think it will be, it's a shit storm. It's going to be, and it's going to continue to be up and through. And it's, it's, and I think they have cover now and they will be more expedient to get out. And I think my guess, maybe slightly educated, you know, I, I would think they are not going to have it at Trump Bedminster next year. I, I would say they're probably rapidly moving towards that direction. I would guess. I have no great intel on that, but I, I would guess that it will probably not be there. It's time for golf to break all ties with Donald Trump. And it is absolutely time. It We've okay. got, you know, the sport overall has had great momentum. It's yeah. been, you know one of really it's been America's pastime in one of the worst times in the pandemic. It's been the same yeah. thing to go out and That's do I've seen more people pick up the game than ever before. And at this point it is time to, you know, break ties with Donald Trump and any Trump organization, especially a major championship, you know, one yeah. of the most viewed and pillars of the game of golf. It, it needs to go. And there's yeah. Whether you're a Trump fan, whether you're not a Trump fan, it's just in general, you know, whether you are, if you are, you have to understand also that 50% of the country hates that. You know, there's, there's a lot more. I'd say more than that, but yes, just you're, saying, right. You know, you're right. In general, it's 50% of the country, but at the end of the day, if Trump, you know, the PGA Championships, the PGA Championship, and if you put the Trump name in there, it becomes nothing. It doesn't become the PGA Championship. It becomes something else at this point. Yeah. At, yeah. at the level, not just at the United States level, but at the global global level. And I right. don't think that's something that, you know, golf should be associated with at this point. You know, we got great uh, sports, got great momentum. And it's it's just time for golf to move on. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of lot of. You know, yes, it's a golf show. So we'll talk about it in the golf terms. But yes, it is time for golf to move on. We don't want to be talking about this at all. Obviously, let's let's get our game out and away from this kind of stuff, uh, this character. And, uh, you know, but it's something we had to address given the events of the week, really the historic events of the week and that the relation, uh, the relationship those events and the characters of those events have to the game of golf. So bring on Valhalla. Right. You know, I'm, I've never been a bigger fan of Valhalla hosting <laughs> 2022 PGA. Bring it on. <laughs> Maybe they should go back to PGA National and get the, Anywhere. what was the disaster one where it was like 100 degrees? Bell Reef. It's like, this is send, the low point. <laughs> send it, any, send Bell Reef. I, I, sign up Reese. No. Sign up Reese to go build a golf course. I, I don't really care at this point. Just... Anyway, you know. anywhere but Bedminster. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on then to the current events of, of the golf world. We have started a season. It is uh, the Kapalua Tournament of Champions, Harris English. Justin Thomas, our co-leaders, eight under 65, soft, uh, soft Kapalua plantation course. Mild wind, you know, yeah. by, by this course's standards. It was windy, but not like, you know by this course of standards. So, but a couple 65s up on the board, um, they lead, eclipsing uh, an early pace by Robert Streb, 
Nick Taylor, Ryan Palmer, Sunjay, Patrick Reed, and Sergio. Bunch of guys shooting uh, 67. So, A couple bad uh, boys of golf there. John Rahm didn't shoot 59 crowd. with his clubs. He did not shoot 59, as we were led to believe that he was going to do from here on out. <laughs> do you uh, see that tee shot on 18? <laughs> I did. I did. What was he thinking about reloading there? I, I think he was wondering where it crossed, you know? But it's okay. So you know, why if was it, he gonna... if, it, if it crossed somewhere, he'd be better <clears throat> off reteeing rather than hitting like a you know if I don't know from some shitty lie or something. Yeah, something like he's got to drop yeah. fifty yards up and he gets a bad lie. You know, probably from that tee. I mean, yeah, that's, yep. that's a hard fairway to hit, yep. miss. Any uh, we'll be this is gonna be a short one. You're on the road. You're ready to you know end this week. Um. What did you like? Anything you like? I, I I broke this out into some things I liked, some things I didn't like from our first uh, round of the new year. Harris English, he's on fire. He's Why got five. Want, okay, he's got five top tens in his last nine starts coming into this, and obviously you know long layoffs since his last start, but it carried over. I mean, this guy, we might need to start talking about him as like one of the best players in the world because he's playing like he's one of the, I mean, it goes back to like the U S open. He played great in the U S open. Like he has been balling, you know? Um, I found this, Justin Ray was tweeting about, uh, him in an article he wrote for PGA tour.com. And, uh, this is from him and the 15th club team. Our performance index is extremely bullish on English rating him the ninth best player in the world at the moment between Bryson DeChambeau and Hideki Matsuyama. His ascent has been uh, impressive. Since 2018, he has gone from 143rd to 89th to 7th in strokes gained total. T to green. In strokes gained putting, uh, well, he was one of just four players, strokes gained total. So he was just one uh, one of four players to rank in the top 20 in the season, both strokes gained T to green and strokes gained putting. That's a good recipe. Pretty good. Do you think he's figured it out then? Like, I mean, what's the ceiling for Harris English? Maybe, uh, like, is I, he a major championship winner? I don't he, know. I mean, he, he hits it be, high. He hits yeah. it far. Yeah. And he putts well. So I don't think there's, like, a... Been really good at every level, right? I mean, mm-hmm. his pro career has taken a little longer to adjust. I mean, hills and valleys, but, yeah. Um, all right. So not an unsurprising first-round leader. Justin Thomas is also not an unsurprising first-round leader. Uh, he said he did nothing real well. It was just kind of a ho-hum round. He had, whatever, eight birdies. Not not bad for JT. He seems to take a liking to this course. A couple other things I liked from our first day. Lanto, getting the Hawaiian tourism commercials. <laughs> I Zip lining. To, I meant to bring this up Mid- a couple weeks ago. I saw Mid- the commercial honor. a couple weeks ago. Every year I wait with bated breath. I haven't seen the commercial. I guess it shows you my level of uh, golf consumption the last few weeks. But um, this is my first time seeing it tonight. Zip lining. You know, this is an honor. A lot of guys have gotten Bryson Thick Boy got this way back when. Jason Duffner and his, you know, now ex-wife uh, hiking up the whatever mountains. This is a big deal when you get that first couple weeks. Who is Bryson through. doing it with? Like a spritz guy or a towel guy? Was that? <laughs> that could be. <laughs> You know, usually it's like, yeah, I'm with my wife, or you know, I brought my mom. Like, you know, Bryson Don Jr. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> John I, I, Jr. I don't know. Uh, 
So yeah, I was happy Lanto, former FedEx number one. I mean, he deserves it more more so than most in this field. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. a lot of winners yeah. in this field. Not as many FedEx Cup number ones. Yes. Another thing I liked, Todd beating Bryson, of course, head to head. Don't need uh, to add much more about that. There are a lot of you know tweets about the disparity in distance, but you know, Todd beat him. Hey, the scoreboard. Scoreboard don't lie. Um just don't get him on a Sunday late. Other things I liked. Are the notes coming in about Patrick Reed? Patrick Reed's new uh, G4 deal, or lack thereof. A lot of reports that he does not have a G4 deal, so we may have misspoken or got a little, put the cart before a horse, got too excited about it on Wednesday. <laughs> so he's wearing the G4 shirt today, right? Some crazy V thing. Now in a Titleist hat, which apparently, according to Jonathan Wall, equipment no reporter... He's got a ball deal, not a hat deal, but a ball deal. So he'll wear the hat because he probably doesn't have a hat deal. According to reports, Chief Fork gave Justine the Heisman. He said, no, we're good. No way. So what this means is they are buying G4 apparel and like ironing or sewing on because he's got his sponsors. I think he's got Grindworks is- on there. He's got Hublot, which I have to admit. My pronunciation adventures, I would absolutely call Hublot if I had not listened to, you know, heard it referenced in several rap songs and things like that. It's Hublot. So what that means is I think they're buying these shirts and putting their like sponsors on them, putting their Hublot and Grindworks and whatever else he's got, software, something or other on these shirts. I just like he's going out of his way to wear these G4 Flying V. I find that just that's one great development I liked from the last day or so of play. I think we um, might see used golf facts complain about this <laughs> at some point. I don't think Team Reed ever has they... normal negotiations with partners, from what I understand. It's always a little wandering adventure. Uh, I think they've been told to go pound sand more, more often, uh, a fair amount of times. Uh, what were you going to say? Do you think that they've how many how many apparel companies have they approached before they settled on G four? Why why did they decide to go with G four? Is it is it a good That's thing for G four or a bad thing for G four that he's wearing their clothes? Like these are all questions I have. Yeah, presumably they didn't do the deal. They might not be enthusiastic about his partnership. I don't know. Um, what else? I mean, did any I like? any go pub's ahead. good pub, right? It's good that he's wearing it for them. Whether you know, eh, eh, I suppose, <laughs> I suppose, maybe. Um, what else? I wonder did I why like? Nike gave him the Heisman. What was it? What happened there? Well, did he even have a Nike? Now I'm doubting anything. Now I'm doubting. Maybe he was just buying the full Nike uniform. I would believe anything. I I don't know that that was official. It might have taken a while for them to, to adapt that one. But hey, I'm just I'm just gonna the... put this out there. Yeah. He might be. The only Masters champion in the last 30 years that can't get a clothing deal after winning the Masters. Well, we know Sandy Lyle. I guess 30 years. Is he outside the statute of limitations? Yeah, you're going I'm to I'm when you're 50, but I'm saying yeah, like yeah. recent Masters winner. Like, think about that. You won the most marketable tournament yeah. in golf, and you can't get a clothing deal. Yeah, well, his agent is, you know, Team Reed. They're still still a boutique firm. Um, what else did I like? 
Sergio. Hey, I'm hard on Sergio a lot. I enjoyed him getting in the mix. Had a rough, you know, Texas fired their coach. They got Steve Sarkeesian now, big Tex down there in Austin. He's trying to figure out his way. You know, you got COVID. Don't like that. That's unfortunate. It's good to see him in the mix. What I what has, amuses me, and this is just pure uncut Sergio, Justin Ray here, had uh, Sergio's the fourth round in uh Two, out of 224, that's 67 or lower in the last 15 years. He's just the fourth to shoot 67 or lower while losing more than a stroke on the greens. He lost 1.03 putting on Thursday and gained almost four strokes tee to green. So I don't know what that means. Does that What's more sustainable? Oh, the tee to green, tee to green, without a doubt. That shows yeah, up, right? Regular, yeah. That's, the putting, so the mean, putting. You can, it could be, a, you can have a good day, a bad day. I have right. It's luck, you know. Right, right. So I think you know that seems like a good sign for Sergio to start the new year strong. He's won it. I didn't. I don't remember this. He won it. I guess two thousand two. They said. Uh, so I like that. I like this Adam Scott quote. Another thing. I oh, I wanted to bring this day. up. Go. You got it. You want me to read it? You you, you got it. But you you read it. All this right. was I, I was about to say oh. I wanted to throw Adam Scott and what we liked. This is uh, Brian Wacker. That is where I'm pulling it from. So I think you've got to. This is on the PGA Tour schedule at large. I think you've got to identify that there's probably ten or twelve serious competition events during the calendar year, and then the rest of it, the rest is a bit of entertainment. So serious competition events, and the rest is a bit of entertainment. Ten to twelve, I think, might be a little generous. Quite honestly, casting too wide a net. I, I don't know. Did you see that golf biggest events graphic? <laughs> There's like ten events there. And they got it on one screen. But how, in this day and age, do they not have? Men's golf biggest events. How? Yeah, you know oh, that's a great point. What? What of a whiff? They're putting it up there. I mean, Olympics. I guess you could interpret it as also being a women's event, but they just have it as generally golf's biggest events, and not a single. I, I just. I mean, you're putting FedEx Cup. You're putting, you know, uh, whatever my, else. My the, question the is: players. Are, are you really surprised from an organization that does not? you know, adhere to any, you know, recognize any wins outside the U.S.? Well, I mean, it's also uh, NBC Sports, I guess, yeah. right? It's co- I don't know. It's, yeah. It's a little it, Golf Channel's issue. You know, you you got to put men's there. Yeah, men's golf, biggest event. Because we got a Solheim Cup event. at Inverness. We've got a, right. you know. <laughs> I was thinking that. I think you got a yeah. time cup. We got U.S. Yeah. Women's, yeah, you know, we have all five of the U.S. US uh, the women's uh, majors, and we got yep. a Solheim Cup. Like those, one of those events is going to. I'm not. I'm not going to say which one. I think it would nudge out. You know, yeah. I don't know which of those. I'm not going to say which one of those events we would nudge out of there. Yeah, but. I think yeah. some of those deserve to be in there on that full screen graphic over maybe some of the other events. But what the playoffs just gets it's not an event. I mean it's it's a three week Well, it's a three sort of week sojourn. Event. It's a yeah. three week sojourn on the It's a month long on the way to experience. the golden bonus yeah, pot. Um <laughs> experience. <laughs> Anyways, back to the original point. Uh 
I mean, what do you make of this Adam Scott? You got 10 to 12 serious competition events and a rest is a bit of entertainment. It sounds also like a PGL sort of uh, I'm gonna kick. The, I'm going to kick this right back to you, Brandon. I'm going to say we cover yeah. golf every yeah. single – we cover golf three times a week, every week of the year, some, di- some weeks more than three times. What would you say? What, what do you think the m- number of PGA Tour events – do we say at the at the, uh, Wednesday? Are we like, hey, I'm super locked in. This is a great field. This is going to be a great event. Like from like a field and stature of the event standpoint. I think you're pushing up around ten. I I I think you got obviously the four majors. We're talking men's, right? You got Riv. PG. Yeah, four majors. Riviera. The players has to be in there. I'm sorry. It's a serious competition. Event. Yes, that's. I agree uh, with that. I may put Bay Hill, or am I just kowtowing to the elevated uh, status? I, I think I'd maybe put Bay Hill in there. I think Bay um, Hill is part of this like Masters lead-in. It's a yeah. really important part of the Masters lead-in. You know where where does the match play fall? Is that a that's a is that an entertainment one? Now that they went to that stupid pool play where they play off even if somebody beats somebody in an 18-hole match, maybe it is more entertainment. I mean, it's a question for the players, what, what, what they consider to be serious competition. But I, I would have a hard time putting WGCs and, for that matter, all the playoffs in here, quite honestly. I, I think that's like an entertainment thing, no? I mean, maybe throw national, a cup event. What about national opens? Right, right. So I think you're like getting up around whatever. Nine, ten, somewhere in there. Maybe not that high, but uh, it's kind of a you know, pull the pants, you know, showing your yeah, mask off sort of, so to speak, right? I mean, the, the, just everything's entertainment. Uh, if you have, granted, Adam Scott's an accomplished player at this point. He yeah. doesn't have a lot to gain from like really grinding so, to win so, the whatever. That's but, this is where my devil. This is I'm gonna play devil's advocate here a little bit. If yeah. I'm, if I'm me, say say I just get given a PGA Tour card, or you get given a PGA Tour card, I would think every week that I got to play for seven million dollars was a serious competition, <laughs> right? Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. But Adam Scott's made what fifty, sixty million dollars on his career, probably. Yeah. Yep. So he, tour tour probably doesn't like that. Quote, we, of course, do like it. What else did you like? Anything else? I didn't like Adam Scott's putting. Well, I didn't look it up. How bad was it? Well, arm lock? Did you do the arm lock all the I way through? I don't think it was what an happened? arm lock. I was, I was texting with some putter you know, experts, and they were saying something about the shaft. The that. shaft didn't line. It wasn't, and I, didn't, I didn't see any of Adam Scott's round. By the time I was able to tune in, it was, uh, it was over. But he was negative... Two and a half. He was lost two and a half shots on the on the field, putting, Jesus. and he shot five under. He might just be there to surf. Speaking of sort of a bit of entertainment week, you know? yeah. He said something. He was like, "I don't know why I skipped this so many years." I feel like What's Tiger it? started this like weird trend of guys skipping Kapalua. People yeah. like skipped it because Tiger skipped it. Like, who? Who in their right mind it's the best. would skip it's a, great event. a week yeah. at, at Kapalua? Like, what? Yeah. Are you, do you not like 
enjoying life. Like that's yeah. the only thing I could come up with. Was it Ogilvy the one that got hurt surfing, cut his hand on like coral or something like the day before the tournament? I think it might have Sounds been Ogilvy. Sounds like him. He was one of the <laughs> he's, he, I think it was, maybe, I don't know, eight, he's, ten years he's ago. He's an avid like surfer and guitar player. There we go. There you go. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so you didn't like that. It was putting. Not, not, it's just the traditional Scotty Sergio way. You know, um, he's been positive strokes game putting yeah, the last true. two I years. Should, that's, yeah, we're buying into sort of the, the narrative there. But, I mean, hey, when you're switching out putters and changing grips and everything, we're, we have right to be skeptical outside the numbers. Um, another thing I didn't like, Kevin Na. Like the walk it in thing, we just got to leave it in 2020. We're leaving that behind. We're leaving a lot of other stuff behind in 2020. We're leaving Kevin not walking it in. The announcer's waiting with bated breath on whether he will walk it in or won't he walk it in. Then the, you know, breathless, excited reactions when he does walk it in. I'm done with that. All right. What else did I not like? Bryson being a final Jeopardy question. Or not a final, a Jeopardy question. Not final. A Jeopardy question. Bryson had... Can we can we say we liked what Bryson said after the after his round? CNS or the blackout thing? Either. I mean, so what? Central what's, nervous system. This, yeah, it just just like fuck. He's got to use calibration. He's got to use CNS. He's just trying to. I mean, what well, he's talking about is speed sessions, right? With Kyle Berkshire, the long drive guy. I think up my, by my neck of the woods, Maryland, Baltimore area. Maybe um, you should start training with Kyle. <laughs> Kyle, I'm an overweight suburban dad of four, <laughs> looking to get my ball speed up to 160. <laughs> what can you do for me? I'm local. I'll drive up. Let's meet. At, I got a know. rocket net in the backyard. <laughs> Bring your bring your track man to my backyard. We'll we'll pound away at the rocket net. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Bryson's been grinding with this this guy, um, <laughs> talking about how you just go and go and go and your endorphins. He's using that bullshit. You know, you get just releases like a dis a runner's high or whatever. You talk. Do you relate with that with your? You're a little fancy runner boy. You like? Do you know what he's talking about when you get a little runner's high and extra? Yeah, I don't know energy. I okay. I I can I can equate to like you know if you haven't run for a long time, you know I go through these periods where I don't run for months, and then I'll get back into running. Sometimes year layoffs, then I'll run mm. like crazy for a couple of years, and um, when you get you know, there's like four months where you just absolutely hate running. And then yeah. all of a sudden there's like a, a switch that flips and you're running and you're on a, a run and you keep running. Like it, it isn't about like, God, when could, is this run going to be over? And you're just like running and you're like, oh, I'm just going to keep going. And then you get done and you're like, feel really good. Well, yeah, yeah. There's a runner's high. Yeah. Okay, so he's talking about a much more. It seems like a smaller amount of time speed training of just continuing to wail away, and I don't know uh, the CNS. I, I don't know the CNS just triggers this where you get just want to keep going and going. Maybe it's a high that comes from you know something being put in your body, <laughs> or game. Speaking, you know, an or game high. 
That's true. But, but then he got into it a little after. This was on TV afterwards. This is uh, the transcript. He goes, what was the best question you asked him? How hard did you push it? He said, and Berkshire says, until I black out. And someone asked Bryson, did you get there? Yes, numerous times. Well, no, he didn't. He didn't get there. His response was yes, numerous times. There was times... I think I I, he I know just, I just answered the question in the affirmative, but then he says he didn't black out. Yes, numerous times there was times when I was seeing a tunnel and I had to stop. I mean, you just have to stop. That's about when you stop. There's a lot to it. Doesn't sound like there's a lot to it. it sounds like when it feels like you're gonna faint, you stop. There's a lot to it. Oh, he's overcomplicating this. And he says, so you didn't actually black out. He goes, no, 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 no. I did not black out, but I came very close, just like he did. He did the same. I can't make heads or tails of this. Like he did or didn't. Kyle does or I doesn't. Think, I, I think he browned out. You know, I'm very, very familiar from my 20s of, of <laughs> a different type of blackout. And then you have brownouts where you get really close to blacking out, but you uh-huh. remember a few hazy details. Maybe that's what he's talking about. That could be. Maybe that's what we're getting at. I, I don't know. I've, I've, he's hot out of the gate. Do you have any other reaction? I mean, someone suggested he has the putter yips, which I think is a little, a little too aggressive. No, well, someone in the he D- was like, DMs to be. He clear. was like I, a, I a top ten he was putter great last year. Last I know, year, I know. Did, I know. You, did anybody that suggests he he has putter yips go back and watch the U.S. Open? I like, just that would be a sight to behold if that happened. Um, you know, any other reaction? What he was just—I mean, just insane. It is like a. A spectacle every time he hits a drive. It seems like he's he's he's, uh, he's got a lot of hooks in there. Yeah, right? I mean, which I guess is what you'd expect when you're coming out of your shoes all the time. But well, uh, he was talking about it in that post round. I mean, he was, <laughs> and I think this is like at a certain point we're going to get to a point where it might not be advantageous to gain more yards for him. Because he might, yeah. I don't know if we're like the thing that was so impressive last fall, or last summer, was how straight he was hitting it and how far. And if you lose the accuracy, it could go the wrong way here, you know. And I don't right. know, I don't know if you let the Kraken out, can you get the Kraken back in that easy? Like you know, <laughs> that's 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 a question I would have for him because he was talking about like. He's got to get used to controlling this new speed. It's like, and I think that somebody needs to ask tomorrow, once the Kraken's out, can you bring the Kraken back in? I just, I just, this image just came to me in my head of Bryson just down on a, like the master's, driving range blacked out <laughs> on his back <laughs> doing some speed session he just what type of, like a chalk outline on what the, type on of mask. blackout like pass out blackout because there's all different types like <laughs> I mean, you know when, when i blacked that? out i got smiley and i just go home that was my blackout <laughs> routine what if they go live on the range for some tournament not there's probably <laughs> On his back, just out, cold. 
My question was, would be... Was he sick? No, he's just going at it too hard. What? Was his first blackout actually at the Open a few years ago? Uh, that's true. That was the pre-thick, pre-thick days. Um, any other reactions to the first round of Capitol? Anything to the course? It was quite, quite soft. I, uh, I enjoyed Justin Thomas saying they had bowl-like greens. So you can uh, get at all the flags, more or less, is what he said, even when it's windy. It's soft, and they have bowl-like greens. Um, maybe that's some of that TPC sort of uh, thumb-on-the-scale type stuff with uh, a, t- a tournament, you know, of course, that hosts a tournament every year. I mean, it's um, got a lot of that Augusta aim away to hit it close stuff. I mean, sure. Augusta, like Augusta's got a lot of bowls. You know, they also have a lot of spots that repel. Yep, yep. Uh, no, it was soft. No, the 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 center line bunker that we was a great source of discussion here on Wednesday was hardly reachable. DJ got into the, like that little step cut going into the bunker right in front of it, which was amusing to watch. Like right at it, Bryson I think was about you know equal or as far as the bunker, equidistant maybe uh, you know right of it. Um, Did you? Uh, and no one else one, got to it. One of the par fives the announcers was were talking about. How they moved it up forty yards because it was into the wind, and um, they were talking about how it was just such. They were like, "It's just such a great move by PGA Tour setup. You know, it's into the wind, move it up. You know, now it it lets all the long hitters get there in two, and you know, it lets the short hitters get over the gunch. You know, and there's with their second shot. And I was thinking to myself, you know, it would have been pretty interesting." To watch guys have to make hitters. a decision. Yeah. You know, like may, the short hitters have to like decide if they're going to go to try and get over the gunch. And, yeah. you know, for the long hitters, maybe it's a par five they can't get home into. It's okay to have a three-shot hole, especially right. one where there's a, a, a real money. You have to hit a really good drive to hit it over the, the gunch on your second shot. You know, that's, right. that's something golf fans might be interested in. Maybe... Golf, the golf fans tuning in on a Thursday night to watch golf. That they seem like they're probably hardcore golf fans. They... Uh, no, no, it was, it was. I don't know that we love this event, right? It's one of, it's honestly among the top. I don't know six, seven events of the year for me. Just a lot of that's just where it is and time of year and the venue and all that. It's just a great watch, and today was no different. I would say. I had a lot of fun watching. I think next, you know, Sunday, oh, Saturday. Go ahead. One other thing I saw: uh, Rick Gaiman uh, tweeted that this was Hideki's second worst round of putting ever. No. Yes, that How bad he is has that? in the records in his records. Uh, he lost four shots. Like, get this man four and a half shots on the greens today. Get this man an arm lock. That's that may yeah I think he, that's where he's probably got to go right mm-hmm. right um all right uh let's get to uh, flashback Friday good good first round good opening round you have anything else you want to say no about Capolo good entertainment great entertainment uh a, a nice actually diversion tonight after this week uh flashback Friday do you know can you name the runner up of the 1982 Tournament of Champions. Any runner-up. There were four of them. 1982? Yep. Ben Crenshaw. No. Ron Jack Streck. Nicholas. 
Ron Streck. Do you know who Ron Streck is? No clue. Okay. Ron Streck lost to Lanny Watkins. Thought he was tied with them on the 72nd hole. Three putt. Tucker's dad. 70... <laughs> Tucker's dad. Yeah, colonial, you know, <laughs> Dean and DeLuca invitational legend, Tucker Watkins. Um, Ron Streck comes a 72nd hole tied with Lanny Watkins. Three putts. Lose by one. What he thought at this time. Not, not a massive earner at this point. What he thought was a, a solo second to lose by one ends up being a four-way tie with Andy Bean, David Graham, and Ke- Craig Stadler. Cost him fourteen grand in prize money. Why did he fall out a solo second? He was assessed a two-shot penalty for moving a tree branch in his face on the 70th hole. This became a big source of drama in Oklahoma. People were pissed about this, that he got assigned for it. I read some old columns from the Oklahoman. Um, was he from Oklahoma? Angry. Yes. We'll get to that in a minute. We're not part of the Oak Tree game. He was the forgotten Oklahoman. Tulsa. Like, lived his whole life in Oklahoma. Also from Tulsa, near Oak Tree. Do you think He's there's like, a rivalry? They, well, they they portray him in this one article. He's like, he doesn't have the glitzy cowboy boots he's not part of the photo shoot but he's rod streck he's out there to win he's like they can have all the you know the pub i'm not the oak tree game it's kind of interesting column but uh streck this is from an oklahoma article streck an unassuming oklahoma oh wait hold on a sec under the term of champions a 16th hole final round tulsa's ron streck positions himself under a tree to play a second shot a tree branch then slaps him squarely in the face and he does the natural thing and moves it to hit. Two hours later, he learns he's been assessed the two-stroke penalty. He broke the written rule of the game. He admitted it. He accepted the penalty. I guess you can't eat the golf course, he joked at the unlaughable situation. They were pissed about this. Now, I don't know if he moved it. It sounds like he might have broken it. I, it's broken the branch off. How do you land on this as being a penalty? Should you it's be allowed? I mean, it's a slippery slope, right? It's a if penalty. You're, I yeah, agree. you know this, this part from of the like your stance and setup. little kid. Yeah. This is. I'm not saying it shouldn't be a. I mean, it's it's not a clear cut. You know, it's it's clear cut penalty, of course. In today's day and age, I don't think it would be called a penalty, but it should be a penalty. You think they wouldn't yeah. call him on it two hours later? It's just everybody. It's like when you're a kid, you learn like you you got you. If you're in the trees, you can't knock off like a leaf. You know. Right. You got to be right. careful with your practice swings. You like. So yeah, this this is like a, a simple rule. The Oklahoman yep. shouldn't have gotten all fired up about this. So yeah, his, his career he had two wins. He was the forgotten Oki. He had one of the best weekends in tour history. He shot a sixty three in the third round of the Texas Open, and followed up with a sixty two. It uh, it was the lowest two day total in PGA Tour history until Mark Kalkovecchia beat it. Um, the Phoenix Open. I think that's probably been beat several times since this article was written. A knee injury altered the course of his career. He's playing racquetball and going after a shot, jammed his knee against the wall, and his ACL snapped. Uh. And a botched rehab kept him from ever being the same. I know it's paddle season, racket, like that's, those are just murder, murderous on your knees. knees. Um, paddle, I love paddle. It's, it's great winter activity, but. Kills me. I you don't even you can't even play paddle where you are. The ball know, bounces too much. It you sucks. need it to be like ten degrees. Ten degrees. Oh, it needs I, to be sub twenty. Is the only t- 
temperature you should play paddle in. I don't understand. People are, I talk to people in like North Carolina. They're like, oh, we're going to play paddle. I'm like, how do you play paddle when it's 50? Like that, the ball just bounces all over the place. The court's too small for that. I actually prefer it to be like blizzarding. I think it has to be snowing. There's a great kind of ambiance about that when there's snowflakes it falling. It, it's and then the really heated, cool. And it's hitting the heat yes. of the, the court. Everything's away. white, but the court it's is... It's pretty cool. Yeah. When it's snowing pretty heavily, playing paddle, that's just so... Yeah, that's that's money. All right, back to uh, Ron Streck. Um, so, with botched knee, knee rehab, but what else is he known for? He's the godfather of metal. No, not Ozzy Osbourne. First player to play a metal wood, apparently. Wow. Allegedly. This is Tom Powers, the Pioneer Press. Played the 3M in 2008, the senior event. Uh, and this is, this is from uh, yeah Minnesota newspaper. He's an unassuming Oklahoman who hasn't had the greatest career as a professional, but he was one of the most interesting. He was the first to use a metal wood in competition, hitting a two medal in the 1979 Tournament of Champions. So this was three years before the branch hit him in the face at La Costa. He was also the first to win a tournament using a metal wood, taking wow. the Houston Open in 1981. This should be like the Data Boys uh, superhero. Yeah, <laughs> Ron Streck. By his own estimation, dozens of PGA Tour golfers immediately tried hitting metal woods on the driving range after seeing him do it. He thought it was great fun. During a practice round at a tournament in 1980, he made it a point. He made it a point to get right behind the great Jack Nicholas at a range at the range. After Streck had pounded a couple, Nicholas turned and looked at him quizzically. "What are you doing?" he asked. Streck handed him the club. That looks like a driving range club, Nicholas practically spat. I'll never hit that. Oh, I don't know about that, Streck replied. And then it's kind of unbelievable. 1980, another time he was paired with Lon Hinkle and Jim Simons when he drove and then he drove the green from 280 yards when he was trying to lay up. He drove it from 280 when he was trying to lay up. Lon Hinkle, famous for the Hinkle tree at Inverness looked at me and said, what the hell was that? The next morning, uh, so this was when he first, uh, so, so after Hinkle said this, the next morning, it seemed the entire tour was lined up to try hitting the quote, Pittsburgh persimmon. I don't know, because it's whatever, it's Steel City. The Pittsburgh persimmon, which then cost about $40. Not that Strick was a bit, Shrek was a big crusader for Metal Woods, he used one, this is amazing, he used one for the first time because it was just sitting there. A manufacturer had sent a few down to a tournament, hoping someone would try it. Streck tried it and thought it was okay. It wasn't until years later when medals were more becoming more increasingly popular that tour officials looked back to see which player first won it with them. It was then that Streck realized he had apparently been the first ever to win it with a medal and first to use it. And he makes he had some fun quotes like now they got like 80 designers working on one back then it was just like a hunk of metal kind of unbelievable with jack i'll never hit that what do you think um mac o'grady thought about streck was there an overlap i guess there would have been yeah i don't know first guy using metal last guy using persimmon <laughs> yep so that's that's ron streck a hard luck hard luck runner up 
at the Tournament of Champions in 1982. Winding Path, also allegedly, according to this Pioneer Press article, the first to use uh, a metal wood and the first to win a metal wood. Win with the metal wood. I got a a Mac O'Grady story today. What what was it? I love that. Take any Mac O'Grady story. So uh, I was talking to this golf pro. He was telling me about, he was playing a tour event and hitting balls. And uh, Mac O'Grady is watching him. And he, and he just goes, you're doing it all wrong. Oh, God. And he's like, what? <laughs> so you're Did doing he know it, it was Mac O'Grady? He knew it was Mac O'Grady. Yeah. Okay. And, and he goes, and, and, and Mac's like, you, you got any rain gear? And, uh, and he's like, yeah, I got rain gear. He's like, meet me out at the range uh, tomorrow. And he said he hit <laughs> balls with like rain gear tied to him in some way. <laughs> For hours with Mac watching, and he and at the end of the day, Mac said, "Do you do you get what you're feeling? You know, do you?" And, he, and he's like, "Ah, yeah. I mean, kind of." I he goes, "Well, we're coming back tomorrow." Did he show up? Did he go? He showed up, hit balls again with rain gear tied uh, tied to him. A fat, he didn't explain exactly how it was fashioned. He said he did that two more days. Three days of hit balls with Mac O'Grady, just with rain gear tied to him. That's kind of unbelievable. It's a story yeah. to cherish and keep. Yeah. You know, be able to guy, work with Mac. Guy was telling me all these instructors he learned from me, and he said Mac O'Grady. I mean, he said all, he said Ledbetter, all these, yeah. you know, and he said Mac O'Grady. I, and I immediately was like, you know about Morad? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I know a ton about Morad. Oh, really? I yeah. love that. Pretty good. Good Mac O'Grady story. Yeah, a little Mac Mac tidbit. We'll close it out on that. Good luck to your Bears this weekend. Yeah, you know what? We got some hope in Chicago. Deshaun Watson. He texted me this out of the blue. I burst out laughing. What's going on? What are you excited about? All right, so obviously Deshaun Watson is very unhappy in Houston. Rightfully so. And then all of a sudden... These Chicago weathermen are tweeting about how Deshaun Watson started following him on Twitter. He followed, like, the last three guys he's followed are Brandon Cooks, one of his receivers, and then two Chicago weathermen. What does this mean? I love that you. There's hope that he's. This is like tracking planes, private planes, the flight tracker in college. You're tracking. Deshaun Watson has followed two Chicago weathermen. Let uh, me tell you something. The umbrella what, purveyor? What we, or no, the actual forecasters in Chicago. The wet, which the now act- thinks is yeah. giving you hope that he okay. may be coming to the Bears. Let's let's rewind to when we had Kevin Clark on and I asked Kevin if we'd ever have a quarterback that was better than a Packers quarterback in my lifetime. The prospect yes. of Deshaun Watson coming to Chicago gives me renewed hope that that might actually come true in my lifetime. I mean, the pro- are these prospects based on him following two weathermen? Why would he follow two out? weathermen in Chicago? What? Give me, like... <laughs> Maybe he's curious about how cold it is up there. If you, follow, if the- you followed two weathermen in Tacoma, Washington, 
and I knew about it, I would say, Brendan, are you moving to Tacoma, Washington? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I hope for your sake you get him. I would love to see you happier with I mean, it was, I the irony, be, I, of course, would be that you could have got him for nothing. You're going to have to give away five first rounders or something. To I'm get telling him. you, I, I at this point in my Bears fandom, I have no there. They could offer them the next ten years of first round picks, and I'd be okay with it. That's like the Mike Ditka thing, Ricky Williams. I'd be fine. That with didn't it. work out for them. We haven't had a good quarterback in my entire lifetime. Yeah. Mitch Trubisky almost has as many touchdown passes as like Jay Cutler. Like there. This is like just Jay Cutler yeah. might be the best quarterback I've seen play for the Bears in my lifetime. Ugh, Eric Kramer. The Eric yeah. Kramer is probably the best. Think about it's that. It's kind of unbelievable. This massive market, massive team, historic team. It's just the whatever they strike out. We've gone into this before, but um, it, yeah, I, I'm excited for you. I'm hoping the weathermen are actually of. of a pun intended the forecast of things to come for your football team. Um, now that you know, we're at minute, you know, 50 or whatever of this. They're podcast. very excited about the Deshaun thing in Washington here too. There's a lot of people rumbling. They, they think they can get them their hands. Well, on too, he's not maybe. following Washington weatherman. <laughs> hate to break it to DC fans. That's fair, fair point. Um, fair point. I got to ask you now that we're here, I was yeah. expecting to be off this at this point. I know. It's a 30-minute pod. Tough break for the Browns. I mean, what do you want me to say? It's not been a good week. You know, aside from the That's, you know threats to the democracy week. where I live, but we just, the my, my sports teams, the Cleveland baseball team, just traded Francisco Lindor in a broken, absolutely broken league, broken system. I've watched this my whole life. Cy Young's, back-to-back Cy Young's we dealt in consecutive years while competing for playoffs. You know, all these guys, Manny, Jim, all these guys go away. Lindor, just an absolute delight of a player, a great player, a good human, and we trade him. And now the Browns are tanked. I mean, they're, they're done. Safety, another starting safety out for COVID. And it's hard for me to be mad. It's just, I don't know. It's the COVID, the COVID you know, break came for us during the playoffs. It hit other teams at other times. We don't have a coach. We don't have what feels like half our team at this point, starting offensive lineman, the best second, maybe one of the best guards in the league. Uh, it will not go well. I had hope probably three, four coach, weeks ago, but the coach is out. These last three weeks have just been a hell show on that front. Really since the jets game. I mean, we were looking at maybe 12 wins. I thought, uh, and yeah, it's just, we're going to be bounced quickly. Not this, you know, probably would have been the other way. Pittsburgh is very good. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a tough, tough sports week for me on the, on the Cleveland front. So I don't know, makes it a little more, uh, at least I won't be that sort of invested in it. Like in terms of heartbreaking and, you know, gritting my teeth as something goes wrong or Cody Parkey hits the upright, you know, for us to go down by three touchdowns, but yeah, I, I'm not expecting much. And this is not a reverse jinx of any kind. I, uh, you know, it's just been a bad week. We'll see. We'll see. We'll check in. It's uh, I got mice. 
Browns have COVID issues. <laughs> Capital gets sieged. Not great. Not great. 2021. Um, not, you know, and then uh, one bright spot. When we started recording this pod, Illinois was down 15 to Northwestern at halftime. They outscored them 53 to 13 in the second half. Holy shit. So, Thomas Peters probably sending some text to Matt Fitzpatrick right now. Probably. Get in his face. Rub it in. A little bit. Maybe right? Thomas Detry's getting in the mix, too. That's right. I just said it like you say it. Thomas Dietrich. I was going to say. You've broken my brain. You made me think about it twice. Here's DJ. I'm watching the replay now. All right. Hitting the centerline bunker. They got centerline bunkers all over that course. Not just on five. They got a fair amount. I don't know if they're centerline, but they got a fair amount. All right. Everyone enjoy your Fridays. Everyone enjoy your weekends. Chill out. Be good to each other. Take it easy. Enjoy the football. Enjoy the golf. And we'll be back with you late Sunday night. Monday morning for your usual episode.